Hello, I'm Christian, and welcome to the Jamar International Podcast, where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemmar International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Hello, Dirk. Today we're talking about executive presence. So to get us started, what is executive presence and why does it matter? Yeah, uh, thank you, Christian. If you want to be effective as a professional, as a manager, or even as a board member, you really need two things that are equally important. You need competence and confidence. Mm. And in other words, you need to be good at what you do. And this is what many would think is what, what really matters, but this is only part of the equation. While that competence is, of course, super important, you must project it that people will accept and embrace your ideas. And, and that's especially important if you're new to a company or you, you move into a different position with a larger responsibility. In a way, you want to treat each interaction like a job interview. That is, you want to operate with the awareness that people are forming an opinion of you. Right, right. So Dirk, uh, just thinking about that, we have competence and confidence. And I know speaking from my own experience, I've been in uh, job interviews or in a new intimidating environment where I certainly feel competent, but the confidence part is a bit harder, especially when we're outside of our comfort zone in a new territory, new waters. Could you speak a bit more to that? How does one show confidence in a, a new situation? Yeah. Uh, so the first idea would be to talk about what you know and what you have experienced. So, mm. so focus your contribution on areas where you can speak with some authority. You're not engaging in speculation or you're speaking as an amateur. So, for example, think about a, a job interview. Somebody asks you about being a team player. At, at, at this point, you don't want to talk about generalities of teamwork or spout slogans like there is no I in team. No, you want to give a concrete example where you were part of a team and what you did to move the team forward. Eric, that's very helpful. But uh, I think speaking of a concrete example, could you give us one of what you're describing here? Sure. A uh, few years back, I, I listened to AJ, and AJ was a former fighter pilot who had become a management consultant. And mm. AJ talked about how he used to fly missions in the Air Force, and the, the squad was his team. And he described the importance of mission preparation, the role of the mission leader, who, by the way, was not automatically the most junior, uh, the most senior person uh, on the team. Not the general, uh, but there's a different mission leader. And then he focused on the mission debrief to capture learning and improve for the next mission. And so, so AJ applied this to the business situation, like, for example, a customer presentation by a sales team. But again, he did this on the basis of what he knew from experience. And AJ came across as competent and confident. He had presence. And I should, like, I should add that I liked his uh, content too, being prepared, knowing who's in charge and debriefing after a meeting or an event are great pointers for any undertaking. Thanks, Dirk. That's helpful. And I could say AJ certainly sounds like an, an interesting person. I can imagine the confidence coming from that profession, but maybe just 
for those of us who aren't fighter pilots, don't come from that world, could you give us something that speaks to a more mundane, everyday kind of profession? Yeah, okay, that, that, that's a good question. So, so mm. say you're a project manager and you know from experience that any successful venture needs to start with a fully thought out plan, requires good coordination of a bunch of different tasks and people, and you know that the unexpected will happen. So for example, when you are in a meeting now discussing acquisitions and everyone is excited and gets a bit of what they call deal fever, you can talk about the necessity for proper planning based on your experience. You don't need to be a mergers and acquisitions expert. An acquisition is a project and it needs to be properly planned and carefully executed. You wouldn't necessarily speculate on things like valuations and strategic benefits. That's not your area. And you can't speak quite as confidently about this, but you can speak on the risks of underestimating execution challenges based on your experience. Dirk, again, helpful speaking to our strengths. That makes so much sense. But just further thoughts on that. Maybe uh, I want to speak about outside of my field. Maybe I think despite having an expertise, I want to speak to another area where I have insight. And maybe I don't want to get typecasted as the project manager guy, the execution person. What, what can we say about that? Yeah, and, and Christian, that's very true. You, you do want to develop your uh, bigger picture thinking and take a more holistic view, especially, of course, if you're a senior manager or even a board member, that's obviously very, very important to have that, that big picture. But especially if you're earlier in your career, it, it really doesn't make sense to make a pronouncement that will not hold up under scrutiny. And so it may be better to phrase your contribution as a question. So let's stick with the acquisition example. Instead of saying, whoa, the acquisition price is uh, too high, or no, that, that acquisition doesn't make strategic sense, you can ask a questions. Can you take me through the valuation one more time? Can you compare it to historic valuations? Or you can say, have we looked at other companies we may want to acquire instead? Or have we done a risk assessment? So, so that question is really a way to introduce that higher level, bigger picture contribution. Dirk, again, that makes sense. Frame it in a question, but thinking about that and how that might play out, if you'll allow me, I'll get personal for a moment here. Where I'm at in my career, I'm in PhD seminars. I recently joined a charity board on their advisory council. And thinking about phrasing things as a question, I might be worried that if I come with a question, I might not be able to project that confidence that we just spoke. I might be speaking from a place where I suggest I'm not competent. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's actually a great point, and and I'm really glad you you, you asked it. Uh, but but I do think it's actually quite quite the opposite. A question is really a great way to contribute on many levels. First of all, you learn more before offering up opinions, and that's always. Uh, a good thing. A second, a question shows interest. People love to answer them. I'm loving to answer to answer them uh, uh, right now. And yes. you probably know this also from, from university. If none of the students in the class have a question, the professor knows they're not engaged. Professor love it mm. when the class feels like a press conference with the president of the United States. Hands are flying and there is a buzz. And, and, and finally, questions are non-confrontational and therefore effective way to get people to think and even maybe reconsider. They may realize that the project has not been thought through fully and they can say, well, we'll give that another look because now it's their own conclusion to do so. And that's always a very effective way to get people to think about things. Mm. 
That thanks for answering that. That's very helpful. And I see what you mean, even in my experience as a TA, we love a good question. But thinking about the other side of that, what about saying nothing in a meeting? We'll, people will say that silence is golden and that listening well is a virtue. So isn't there the risk that by asking questions like you described, we might then come across as overconfident, overeager? Yeah, you're, you're right there, there, there also. And there's absolutely nothing worse than to somehow show off your not non-competence and, and talk too, too much. So, so if you have nothing uh, to contribute, contribute, don't. But it still makes sense to listen carefully to what's being said. And since you came to the meeting, you may want to contribute something uh, after all. So you may just ask a clarifying question or you mm. can summarize the takeaways for you. Or you can say, does that, does that make sense? Mm, yeah, and that sounds like a good option that shows engagement and interest and gives you the freedom to speak when you feel ready to speak. So maybe you could just give us any other tips or pointers about projecting confidence. Yeah, so the display of confidence really will depend on your role. And, and so, for example, if you're a sales executive, you must have the confidence to ask for the order. You need to be confident that you have a great product that is worth the price and that you came to close uh, the deal. So that's not a good time to be uh, timid. If you're a manager or a team leader, you must be sure you have a plan. Some people think that leadership is all about the big speech, and there can be a place for that. But what people are really want from a leader is a plan that's well thought out. So doing the work of careful planning will give you the confidence that the venture is set up for success. And that will come through when you announce a plan to the team. A slogan alone will not achieve this. People want to know how the job will be done. That's very helpful. And I think that's key, the how people want to know the details. So moving on from there, maybe one last question. And this is the big question lots of people have now in 2022 with everything going on in the world, of course. How do we project presence and confidence while working from home? So there are things that we could be doing to project confidence over a screen and in, uh, in a Zoom call in a Microsoft Teams meeting, something along those lines. Yeah, and and sure, and 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 something that I think executive presence is all about wearing the sharp suit, like Jessica Pearson or Harvey Specter on the television series uh, Suits, but but it's not. It's it's really about coming prepared, being organized, speaking from knowledge and experience, and asking good good questions. That's so much more important, but appearances do matter at some level. So if you are on camera, you want to dress properly, uh, properly make sure your, your camera is centered, your room is uh, well lit, and, and don't, please don't use those gimmicky Zoom background. I, I would really uh, recommend investing in an HD camera uh, and make sure that you have good audio. Speaking clearly projects confidence, but, but actually most importantly, you want to be focused. You know, pay attention to the meeting, listen to what's being said and observe how people react. Observing dynamics is actually a very good practice. Who pays attention to whom? Who makes their point clearly? So watch and learn and then make your contribution and be on point with a clear message. Mm, Dirk, again, helpful. And I think that speaks to many people today in the age of Twitter and TikTok and all sorts of things, staying focused that goes a long way. So maybe one last question with all of that said, for both the longtime executive thinking about this and the new person getting started in their career, looking for job interviews and opportunities. If I really want to get better at this, where can I start practically? Yeah, uh, so Christian, according to the expert, the biggest predictor of learning is actually motivation. 
So you have to be convinced that this stuff is important, otherwise it will be half-hearted. The, the second thing is to get some feedback, ask a friendly colleague or supportive boss, hey, how am I doing with things? Are there things that work well maybe at my current level, but wouldn't work quite as well as the next level? And, and, and see that feedback as a gift. Don't, don't be upset if you hear something um, you don't like. That's just part of, the, part of the process. And then practice and do a debrief. Have I asked one good question in this meeting? Have I helped move the discussion forward? Did I come prepared and was my contribution concise? Again, every meeting can be a practice run to improve your, your presence. You know, people often complain about too many meetings. And, and that's that's probably true. But this could be always a purpose for every meeting you attend is to improve your presence. Mm. Dirk, again, all of this very helpful. We're thinking about competence and confidence. We're asking questions. We're listening well. We're staying focused. Wonderful practical tips for all those meetings that we might find ourselves in. But that's all the time we have for today. Dirk, thank you so much for today's podcast. I hope that everyone listening appreciated it, learned something new. And of course, we look forward to seeing you here next time. Take care.